Greetings, this is podcast number 48 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today we have two main segments. First, a new poll shows that the right wing is lying when they claim Americans support their agenda. Second, we'll hear a listener's great story about a right winger in his own family. Let's get right into it. If you only listened to right-wingers, you'd believe that Americans agree with George Bush and the right-wing GOP about most issues and trust them, not Democrats, to govern in the country's best interest. It's just the evil liberal mass media that's distorting the picture. No, the truth is... It's the evil right-wing echo chamber that's distorting the picture. Instead of bold, lying assertions by right-wingers, let's look at the facts. Last month, Americans were extensively polled by the New York Times and CBS News about their opinions on a host of issues. Let's see what Americans really think. We'll draw on some other polls as well. Then you'll have ammo to throw back in right-wingers' faces when they start tossing out old, outdated talking points. We'll start with two of the major issues where right-wingers are lying about public opinion, Iraq and immigration. I'll tell you where America's sympathies truly lie, with the right-wing or with us progressives. We'll next briefly touch on several other points of contention and then conclude with some really surprising data about the overall feeling of Americans towards Republicans and right-wing ideology. My sources are the New York Times, the Institute for Public Accuracy, TomDispatch.com, The Nation Magazine, and the Pew Research Center. Iraq. The big media issue now is, should we set a timetable for withdrawal? Bush and the rest of the right are all adamantly opposed. After all, many observers feel, as do I, that the Bushians never intend to withdraw, that they're building military bases there for a permanent U.S. presence. Right-wingers claim over and over again that the American people don't want to cut and run, that they oppose a scheduled withdrawal. But that's dead wrong. Asked, quote, Do you think the United States should or should not set a timetable for the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Iraq? 60% of Americans said yes. 60%. I should note that other polls have had some differing results, and this is a volatile issue. But there is a clear trend, no matter who's asking the questions. More and more Americans favor a timetable. And it's clearly wrong for any right-winger to claim that the American public overwhelmingly opposes setting a timetable and wants to, as Bush says, 
stay the course. And just so you know, to the related right-wing claim that the Iraqi people support our presence there and don't want us to leave, that's an even bigger lie. A poll there found that 87% of Iraqis want to set a U.S. timetable to withdraw. Almost 9 in 10. That number has gone up consistently over time. Indeed, 47% of Iraqis said they support attacks on U.S. troops. Let's go beyond even that. 72% of our own troops in Iraq, in a poll a couple of months ago, said the U.S. should withdraw within one year whether or not the Iraqi military is ready to take over. Everyone wants us out of there. The American people, the Iraqi people, U.S. troops, everyone except the right-wingers. As I always say, they should be the ones over there fighting. But then, we know that during Vietnam, when many of them were of draft age, they all managed somehow to avoid military service or combat. Let others fight and die for our oil profits. That's the right-wing rule to live by. And then lie about the support they have for their cowardly, bloody policy. Immigration. All I ever hear right-wingers say is that the U.S. people are opposed to amnesty. They don't want to reward the lawbreakers. They want all the undocumented immigrants sent back home. Well, mass deportation may be the far-right position of those like Ann Coulter, but it's not what the American public thinks. Respondents were asked, quote, If you had to choose... What do you think should happen to most illegal immigrants who have lived and worked in the United States for at least two years? They should be given a chance to keep their jobs and eventually apply for legal status, or they should be deported back to their native country, close quote. Only 35% supported deportation. Note to right-wingers, that's not a majority. Fully 61% of Americans supported the path to legal status. And one other thing, the fence along the Mexican border. Again, right-wingers claim the American public wants it. The question asked here was, quote, Some people favor building a 700-mile-long fence along the U.S.-Mexico border because they say it would stop illegal immigrants from crossing the border into the U.S. Other people oppose the 700-mile-long fence because they say it would cost too much money and people would still find a way to get around it. What do you think? Do you favor or oppose? Close quote. The results? Nearly two-thirds of Americans, 66%, oppose the fence. What about other issues? Again, people agree with the Democratic, not the right-wing, agenda. Listen to these increasing majorities of the population that choose Democrats over Republicans. The poll found that people felt Democrats 
are more likely to make prescription drugs affordable, 50 to 37 percent, improve education, 53 to 25 percent, make sure the tax system is fair, 55 percent, make sure gas prices are low, 57 percent versus a measly 11 percent, protect civil liberties, 62 percent, improve the health care system, 62 percent to 19 percent. Those are a lot of numbers. Bottom line, on all these issues critical to people's lives, Republicans garner only from 11% all the way to a whopping 37% support. They never get more than about a third of the American people on their side. Yet right-wingers repeatedly shout with a straight face, the public rejects democratic ideas. Speaking of which, here's where it really gets interesting. A favorite right-wing talking point is that Democrats have no new ideas. Only Republicans do. But the next time a right-winger says that, zap them. Quote, by better than two to one, Democrats were seen as having more new ideas than Republicans. Close quote. Another right-winger, oldie but goodie, is their claim that progressives have different priorities than the average American, that we progressives don't care about the same things that the rest of the country does, that the right-wing agenda reflects American concerns. That's a lie also. Can't you right-wingers make a single factually accurate statement? Over two-thirds of those polled said that George Bush does not share their priorities. Now here's the kicker. Respondents were asked, quote, Do you think the Republican Party or the Democratic Party comes closer to sharing your moral values? Close quote. And guess what? Right-wingers, please sit down, and if you have any heart medication, Get it ready. 50% of Americans said that Democrats come closer to sharing their moral values. Only 37% chose Republicans. But isn't moral values the great right-wing issue? No, it's not. The public apparently knows that moral values doesn't mean that you oppose gay marriage. Moral values means whether someone who is sick gets adequate medical care. That's why, for example, by 65 to 30 percent, over 2 to 1, Americans say they not only want the government to guarantee health insurance for every American, but they would be willing to pay higher taxes to achieve that. 65% of us would be willing to pay higher taxes to guarantee health insurance for every American. Tell that to your friendly local right-winger and watch him or her turn red in the face, their head about to explode. Moral values means that when someone works hard and plays by the rules, they should be at least minimally rewarded and earn enough to live a decent life, not live in dire poverty. 
That's why 83% of Americans favor increasing the minimum wage by $2. 83%. The minimum wage hasn't been raised since 1997. Democrats have tried to raise it several times, always to be defeated by the right-wingers in control of Congress. Yet in that same time period, Congress voted itself tens of thousands of dollars in pay increases, an amount equal to three times what a minimum wage worker earns in an entire year. Americans know that's immoral. I could go on down the list, which would include the items I mentioned earlier, where Americans trust Democrats far more than Republicans to do the right thing. Make prescription drugs affordable, improve education, make sure the tax system is fair, protect civil liberties, and improve the health care system. All those issues, how we choose to live, how we choose to treat the least of these among us, are moral values issues. That's why, in reality, Americans do share progressive moral values, not, as in right-wing fantasy land, right-wing ones. So are Democrats a lock in 2006? We all know Bush's presidency is in bad shape, and Republican prospects for the 2006 midterm elections, and even the 2008 presidential elections, are not bright. The reason is the disconnect we've just discussed between Bush's right-wing policies on the one hand and the positions, priorities, and moral values of the American public on the other. That disconnect is why 62% of the public feels the country is in worse shape than when Bush took office. 70% of the public feels the country is heading in the wrong direction. The most pessimistic result in the over two decades that that question has been asked. Yet, this doesn't guarantee Democratic victories in 2006 and 2008. Karl Rove is gunning up the scare machine to make the country think that only the GOP can keep the nation safe. Will it work? It is true that Americans still do choose Republicans over Democrats by 55 to 29 percent to maintain a strong military. But that margin is only half of what it was a scant year and a half ago. Likewise, Republicans are chosen over Democrats by only five percentage points as better in combating terrorism, which is down from a whopping 42% margin in 2002. So the still shrinking military terrorism margins may not be enough even now to trump the host of other issues, the issues constituting the nation's moral values, where Democrats outpoll Republicans by huge margins. Only time will tell if Rove is successful once more in scaring in bamboozling the American public. One thing you can be sure of, right-wingers will continue to lie about what the American public thinks. Now you have some ammo to correct them with. To kind of catapult the propaganda.
in my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again to kind of catapult the propaganda. Catapult the propaganda. Now a word from the Progressive Podcast Network. He deserves more than a beach Hi, this is Nancy of Wake Up AM, Wake Up America podcast. Kathy, Meg, and I are proud to be members of the Progressive Podcast Network. Check out all of the great podcasts over at newmediarevolution.org. A couple of months ago, I read part of an email from Richard, a listener from the Midwest. He recently wrote in again, sending me a story about his family. It's a great story. I suggested he shorten it a bit, and that instead of my reading it, why doesn't he call it in as a comment? He did me one better. He recorded it as an MP3 and sent me that. We went back and forth a couple of times to improve the sound quality, and now it's ready for you to hear. First, Richard sets the stage. Hello, Jack. This is Richard from Illinois. I've listened to every episode of Bless the Right, and I love what you're doing. Now I have a story to tell that I think you and your listeners might enjoy. It illustrates something about the way the right-wingers think or don't. To follow it, though, you need to know a bit about my family. My father was a combat veteran of World War II. After he died in 1961, my sister and I, as his orphans, both received Social Security and Veterans Benefits until we were 21. This helped my mother raise us. Now, my sister graduated from high school in 1966, then attended a California community college, which was tuition-free in those days. In 1968, she transferred to a branch of the University of California, which was also tuition-free back then. Those veterans and Social Security benefits I mentioned largely paid her living expenses. Without those benefits, as well as the tuition-free schooling she received, thanks to California taxpayers, I doubt she would ever finish her degree. She now lives in Arizona, where she's an active Republican. She tolerates what she calls the liberalism of John McCain and thinks that shows how broad-minded she is. Meanwhile, my mother, with her two children independent, continued to support herself as a legal secretary until 1981, when she was 61 years old. Then the firm where she worked split up, and in the game of musical chairs that followed, she lost her job. Being unable to find other employment, she applied for Social Security as soon as she could, and settled into a penurious but mostly free fear retirement. In time, she also received Medicare, renter's assistance, and utility subsidies from the state of California, and even transportation assistance from the city where she lived. Now we get to the incident in question. In August 2004, after living in this manner for 23, count of 23 years, she suffered a medical emergency and was placed in a nursing home. Medicaid paid for it, of course. 
A few days later, I arrived for a three-week visit to put her affairs in order. And shortly after that, my sister arrived from Arizona in her SUV, the one with the Viva Bush sticker on the bumper. The next day, the two of us went to see our mother together. About half an hour after the conversation began, it turned to politics. It wasn't my idea, but any conversation in which my sister is involved tends to turn to politics after half an hour or so. Well, soon my sister took my mother's hand, turned her eyes up as if she were speaking to God, and exclaimed, Welfare states don't work. I didn't say anything at the time, but I couldn't get that scene out of my head. Two months later, I wrote my sister a letter asking if she was aware of the irony in the situation. To make a long story short, she was not. In fact, she was so flummoxed that for a time she even denied having received veterans' benefits. Apparently, it had never occurred to her that she or her family had ever benefited from the welfare state in any way. Amazing, huh? Richard wraps it up with a political observation. This is horribly typical of the way the right-wingers' minds work. Welfare is a bad thing, so they think. And welfare recipients are bad people. But they, the right-wingers, are good people, so they think. So any benefits they receive can't possibly be welfare. What can you do with people like that? Jack, you said once that we need to make the right-wingers understand how much they benefit from government programs. I couldn't agree with you more. I just don't know how to do it. All for now, Jack. My blessings and keep it up. How much you want to bet that Richard's sister, like so many right-wingers, has had her head filled with anti-government mush by the talk show morons and associated political propagandists. She probably has heard, over and over and over again, an imbecilic sentiment like the following. And before I play this clip, a warning to those who were old enough to have had some political awareness in the 1980s. Brace yourself, because like me, you probably always have an immediate, visceral, extremely negative reaction when you hear the voice of this South African apartheid-loving racist, this terrorist army-creating, Nicaraguan contra-supporting war criminal. I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah, except when it's to give you tuition-free higher education or veteran survivor's benefits. How many times did Richard's sister hear the present-day head cheerleader for the right, Rush Limbaugh, boast that... Roosevelt is dead! His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. Yeah, do away with those horrible Roosevelt progeny like Medicare and Social Security. And of course, there's anti-tax fanatic and Republican strategy guru 
Grover Norquist, who infamously said he wanted to shrink government down to the size where he could drown it in the bathtub. Yeah, drown it so we no longer have Medicaid or utility subsidies for the elderly. With her head full of such ugly, mean-spirited, and dishonest right-wing propaganda, no wonder Richard's sister was flummoxed when challenged about how the government had made her life better, and no wonder she started off even denying she had received some of the benefits she actually did. The terrifying, to be taken care of and made dead like Roosevelt, to be drowned in the bathtub government, helped me? Impossible! I'll even suppress memories of my own personal history to maintain the right-wing fairy tale in my head. After Richard and I were already working on preparing his MP3 to use in the podcast, Maureen Dowd quoted one of her readers' emails to the effect that values voters, in other words, right-wingers, believe that, quote, all government programs are wasteful and immoral, except, of course, for the government programs which benefit them, close quote. Sort of the exact moral of Richard's story. Except, of course, sometimes, like his sister, right-wingers go so far as to suppress the memory of even having been the recipient of government aid in the first place. I guess this is how a right-winger's mind works. If my tax dollars benefit someone else, why, I'm going to raise holy hell. That's a nanny state, a welfare state. Why, that's even socialism. But if it benefits me, a totally proper and justified function of government that our founding fathers would have strongly endorsed. Richard asked how we could, quote, make the right-wingers understand how much they benefit from government programs. I just don't know how to do it. Close quote. Richard actually does know how. He already did so by pointing out to his sister the facts of her own life. All of you out there know your own friendly local right-wingers better than any politician or pundit sitting in Washington does. You know how your friendly local right-winger benefits from the government. So figure out what aspect of government functioning does he or she benefit from. Here's a starter list. Cleaner drinking water, tested safe and effective medications, inspected and sanitary meat, cleaner air, the sidewalk, workman's compensation, unemployment insurance, FDIC insurance, student loans, public schools, a Fannie Mae mortgage, safer cars, the interstate highway system, rural home loans and electrification, public libraries, and of course, the evil government functions that Richard's sister benefited from. Veterans benefits, Social Security, Medicare, free university tuition, renter's assistance, utility subsidies, senior citizens' transportation services, Medicaid. I know, I know, the air isn't as clean as it should be, and many of the programs I cited have 
problems. But the situation in each area is better than it would have been without that government program at all. When the right-winger responds that whatever government programs or functions you ask them about in which they benefit from are what government is supposed to do, ask them, so the rule is the only legitimate functions of government are those that benefit you? If that's not your rule, then what's the distinction? You could also ask them, which of those government functions are terrifying to them? Which would they like to make dead like Roosevelt? Which would they like to drown in the bathtub? Some of the right-wingers will probably be flummoxed, like Richard's sister. From others, you'll probably still get some backtalk. But rest assured, the right-winger has gotten the point. Confront right-wingers whenever and wherever they raise their ugly heads and spout their vile thoughts? That's our duty as progressives. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right, and also vote for Blast the Right on PodcastAlley.com. A one-click link for each of those is on the podcast homepage. Special shout out to all you live 365 listeners. Come on over to the podcast homepage, subscribe for free, and you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. A happy 4th of July weekend to everyone, and another special shout out to all the listeners on Alaska Station KWMD. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. The President of the United States. Me and Vice President Cheney, members of Congress, members of the Supreme Court, bring murder and destruction to our country. America is addicted to oil. America depends on it. As the Bush regime continues its war on democracy, log on to thewarondemocracy.com to find out what you can do to fight back. A quick technical note. I've been having some slight audio quality problems. I don't know if any of you have noticed it. I'm working on it to fix it. Did any of you notice it? In any event, music credits. The bumper music was Catapult the Propaganda by Nye's Music. And Not the One Blues by Burnshee Thornside. We'll close with a little bit of We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry. Links to all the music I play on the podcast can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Special thanks to Tom Harmon for the Rush Limbaugh audio clip. Please keep all that great email coming in. Write to me, rational at adelphia.net. You can also leave a comment for me to play on the podcast. Dial 310-933-5891. Or you can Skype me at Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. Now I'm
stocking shirts in the Walmart store Just like the ones we made before Except this one came from Singapore I guess we can't make it here anymore Should I hate a people for the shade of their skin Or the shape of their eyes or the shape I'm in Should I hate them for having our jobs today No, I hate the men sent the jobs away I can see them all now, they haunt my dreams All lily white and squeaky clean They never known want, they never known need The don't stink and the kids won't bleed The kids won't bleed in the damn little war And we can't make it here anymore 